Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Oh, man. Today, today is a special day. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, free at last. Bill Cosby, finally out of jail. <laughs> oh, man. Justice is served, obviously. Claire uh, Huxtable. <laughs> Felicia Rashad. The dean of Howard University tweeted out, Finally, triple exclamation point, a terrible Jesus wrong Christ. is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. Bill wow. Cosby is free. Yeah, yeah, I, I know I feel great about that. And, uh, I, you know, not since O.J. Simpson has a man been so wrongly persecuted for, for a crime he so obviously didn't commit. Uh, no, I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. And, you know, the, the, the reason he was let out was the same. Uh, and again, this is similar to what happened with the Weinstein case where uh, they found that there was a, a prosecutor that had made a deal um, basically that, you know, would, would prevent him from having been given jail time or prevent him from being given a conviction. Basically it was like a technicality that they let him out on uh, complete bullshit. And yeah. So someone who, who was a, a fucking monster like Bill Cosby gets out, but you know, uh, people have to stay in jail for bullshit, you know, drug convictions and, and you know, uh, things like that. The, 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 basically, it, this is just example five, you know, million and seven of why the justice system is completely fucking broken uh, and needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. There's just no uh, justice whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, Epstein, like, he, he could have waited a few more months and he probably would have been free. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> now we're just assuming that he, you know, wasn't actually <laughs> fucking murdered by any one of the 15, you know, uh, 100 uh, famous, powerful people that he had dirt on. But yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, another reason why it probably was likely that he didn't actually kill himself. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fucked up. But um, And, you know, it was a fucked up week. We had another... Uh, semi well you know like a, a real you know tragic thing happened this week uh not because of the age but just because of the the caliber of the person uh mike gravel died this week and he's somebody who we've we've highlighted on the show uh multiple times before but just a real fucking titan of of dc politics uh was a senator from alaska for uh two terms i believe um famously uh read the Pentagon Papers into public record uh, when they were being suppressed on the floor of uh, Congress. Uh, and he... I, I, do you remember how long it took him? It, like, he, he had, I think he actually brought a colostomy bag with him because he knew it would be... It, it was a filibuster, and he knew he, he couldn't stop talking. Or right. he, so he read 4,000 pages of the total 7,000-page <clears throat> document. Wow. Um, it was over 24 hours. Uh, there's a great video on YouTube where he, he tells the entire story of, of, like, hauling these duffel bags full of the papers, sneaking them past, like, capital security, knowing that, you know, these are stolen documents, right? And, you know, they, they were photocopied by Daniel Ellsberg from inside the Rand Corporation. Um, and Daniel Ellsberg was later charged with espionage. And Mike Ravel right. thought that he, too, was going to be charged with espionage. And he almost was. Uh, he could have been censored. He could have, you know, could have been stripped of all of his, uh, you know, committee assignments. So what he was doing was he did that 
so that once it's in the congressional record, in the public record, then every newspaper could actually report on it. Because up to that point, no, right. no newspaper would touch it because they all thought they were going to get uh, tried for espionage, too. Right. right, which if you're Julian Assange, you would, but you know if you're Washington Post, then no, you can do what you want. <laughs> well, when you were saying that, I was just thinking like the modern Democratic Party would have not only censored and and taken a taken away his committee post, they would have kicked him out of the fucking. They would have de- they would have taken a seat away. They would have like unseated him, probably because they're right. such fucking bootlickers. Um, and so I, yeah, I, no, no, yeah, nobody, no no sitting senator ha- uh, has ever done something so brave. Uh, yeah, and so you know centered on. Um, you know, being a whistleblower and and telling the public that they were lied to, that millions of people died for a lie. Right. Right. And um, I, I just want to play a clip just to kind of give people a, a, a sense of how um, much of a truth teller Mike Gravel was. Um, and, I, and we've played this on the show before, but in case you're a newer listener, haven't heard it, you know, we played this back when he was uh, running for president uh you know in the 2020 cycle uh which you know he obviously never intended to win but he at least wanted the the idea was to get him onto the debate stage and he met the criteria and then the dnc of course changed the criteria and uh did not invite him to the debate stage even though he met their bullshit criteria i I saw a bunch of obituaries that mentioned that and they said that he failed to meet the criteria which is bullshit that's not even true i fucking donated money to make sure he did meet the criteria and then like they always do DNC changed their fucking rules at the last minute. Right, right, total fucking horseshit. So, here, here's a clip of, uh, and this, and this is why they wouldn't let him on the debate stage because this is a clip of the last time he ran for president, I believe in '08, uh, when they did let him on the debate stage. And <laughs> I think this is a good indicator of why they would not want him anywhere near their their shitty candidates. Get this right. You said it doesn't matter whether you are elected president or not. So then. Why are you here tonight? Shouldn't debates be for candidates who are in the race to win the race? Ryan, you're right. I made that statement. But that's before I had a chance to stand with them a couple, three times. It's like going into the Senate. You know, the first time you get there, you're all excited. My God, how did I ever get here? Then about six months later, you say, how the hell did the rest of them get here? (laughs) And and I got to tell you, after standing up with them, some of these people frightened me. They frightened me. When, when you have mainline candidates that turn around and say that there's nothing off the table with respect to Iran, that's code for using nukes, nuclear devices. i got to tell you, I'm president of the United States. There will be no preemptive wars with nuclear devices. To my mind, it's immoral, and it's been immoral for the last 50 years as part of American foreign policy. Let's use a little moderator discretion here. Senator Gravel, that's a weighty charge. Who on this stage exactly tonight uh, uh, worries you uh, so much? Well, I would say the top-tier ones. Top tier ones. They made statements. Oh, Joe, I'll include you too. You have a certain arrogance. You wanna, you wanna tell the Iraqis how to run their country. I gotta tell you, we should just play get out. Just play get out. It's their country. They're asking us to leave, and we insist on staying there. And why not get out? What harm is it going to do? Oh, the, you hear the statement. Well, my God, the soldiers will have died in vain. The entire deaths of Vietnam died in vain. And they're dying in vain right this very second. You know what's worse than a soldier dying in vain is more soldiers dying in vain. That's yeah. Um, and of course, you know what happens: Obama, Biden, Hillary, all on the stage are, are just laughing at him, and he's saying incredibly 
true, incredibly powerful things, and it's just like they, that's how they tried to they they try to paint him as this clown, and he's like, no, he's saying what everyone should be saying to your fucking faces all the time because you're a bunch of fucking ghouls. Like he said, Joe, you know, you're you're an arrogant motherfucker. You you think that you have the right to tell the Iraqi people how to how to live their lives and how to how to govern their country. Um, because, you know, like we said, Joe Biden, one of the biggest cheerleaders in the world for Iraq and one of the people de- insisting we stay. Um, and, you know, he still he still fucking holds those positions because and we'll get to a story later about that. But it Microvel is really general genuinely one of the most courageous people to ever have served in that level of federal office and you know it, it, it's just a real shame and and i really would have loved to have seen what he would have done on a debate stage you know toe-to-toe with joe biden because joe biden was up there talking about fucking playing you know phonographs for your kid on the on the record player and he i think he would have fucking torn him apart even 91 years old like he would have fucking <clears throat> destroyed him so you know it's just that that clip. I love that clip, but it's it just infuriates me because the whole time Obama's just sitting there smirking and fucking Hillary's smirking and Biden's laughing. Like just fuck oh, I off, love it. All I love people. I love the reactions. The reactions are perfect because it shows it's how very uncomfortable revealing. they are. Right. It shows how uncomfortable they are. And Mike Ravel knows exactly what he's doing when he leads out with a joke that gets the whole audience <laughs> to laugh. Right. 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 Because the the audience doesn't think he's a clown. The audience doesn't think he's a gadfly. The audience totally fucking agrees with what he's saying. And in, beyond the audience in the auditorium, the audience is watching on TV. And Mike Gravel knows that if you want to win over an audience, right, mm-hmm. you start with a joke. And then he goes further and further, and you realize he's not joking. He's serious. And then he gets to talking about how every death in the Vietnam War was for nothing. Right. And that's when everyone stops laughing because they know that's fucking true. And they see everyone else up on that fucking stage that rooted for the Iraq War as a fucking monster. And that's why they couldn't let Mike Ravel come back on the stage in 2020. Right, because he could have said that about nearly everyone on the stage. Like, you know, it's just, it's... Oh, man. Yeah, it really sucks. He was, you know, he was great. Uh, And it's not like he, you know, he didn't die young or tragically. He lived a full life, 91 years old, but um, just real, you know. he, He had some really radical views about... Uh, uh, abolishing the Senate. He wrote a whole book about why the United States, if we're ever going to make any progress, has to completely abolish the U.S. Senate. I didn't even know he wrote a book about that. That's yeah. I, I would definitely read that because I agree. I've always agreed. You know, I think <laughs> it's the just, Senate's fucking ridiculous. It's it's a completely in, in the whole. Exactly. The, you know the the idea of the filibuster in general is is ridiculous on its face because the Senate is already completely disproportionate to the actual populace. You have two fucking senators for every state, whether it's got 500 million people in it or, you know, 500,000. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm making those numbers up, but it doesn't matter. Like, every state has equal representation. So there's already a fucking filibuster. So the idea that you need a further 60-vote majority, the entire point of the Senate is to obstruct any kind of progress from, from happening, you know, any bills from being passed one way or another. It's just a you know, it, it's just a gum and it, the whole idea is to gum up the works in the Senate. Like, there's no point to the Senate existing. So unless, unless it's a bill that is uh, condemning Hamas, and then then that that thing. <laughs> no, then right that flies the right through. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> fuck. Um, but yeah, you know, rest in power to to a great fucking 
politician, a great, a great guy. Uh, you know, and people are like, oh, he's got weird, like whatever, dude. Everyone's got weird views on a few things. Like, not, not saying you have to fucking, you know, work for him, but just, you know, he he was a deeply principled man who who uh, did something way more courageous than than any of the the the, the people that you consider, you know a hero to the left that are, that are in Congress right now, you know, more so than almost anyone in the history of DC politics. So, uh, you know, I'll always give him his fucking props for that. Um, I mean, yeah. just that, that 2008 campaign ad that he, he did where he's just sitting there staring into the camera for two minutes straight and then just walks away, picks up a rock and chucks <laughs> it into a fucking lake. <laughs> right. Cause his name is Gravel, but uh, people obviously say gravel and yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean uh you know when sometimes you gotta go with the obvious thing you know when you're in your 80s and you still have that good of a sense of humor about <laughs> right. life and just you know like you know what fuck all this yeah. fuck everything when, and you could see it. even in that clip when he was and he was old in, in 2008 he's you know he's fucking uh it's like in his late 70s uh but it's just he's a funny guy he's fucking sharp like he always was sharp-witted and he always like you know he, he was a smart guy um but yeah so on to one of the people he uh rightly criticized as a fucking monster and a maniac in Joe Biden, um, we should talk about the fact that Joe Biden uh, illegally bombed Iraq and Syria this week because, you know, it's not really a presidency until you bomb one of the brown countries. That's that's when you really know that you're president. That's the moment you become president, as uh, as, MS, as Van Jones would tell us on uh, fucking CNN. Um, yeah, so Biden bombed uh, Iraq and Syria. They bombed three... Uh, quote unquote, you know, munitions. First of all, uh, the idea that like because they were like munition sites makes it somehow justified is is ridiculous on the face of it. Like no other country is allowed to have munitions or, or defense other than the United. Like it's fucking ridiculous to begin with. But the the whole claim is that it was they were striking these Iran-backed militias, and the the particular militia is the uh, PMF uh, militia. Um, Which is a claim that's only been asserted by the U.S. military, right. and not independently verified by any journalist, well, because and, all right. of our fucking stenographers from Reuters and AP simply print whatever press release the Pentagon puts out as fact. They don't. They don't qualify it as you know the Pentagon claims this was a you know they don't do any of that. It's purely just this was an Iran-backed militia. Therefore, the United States military has the right to violate Syrian and Iraqi sovereignty. Right. And drop bombs into their country. In blatant violation of international law without congressional be, just, approval. We just, just well, we used to be illegal. at war there years ago, so we decided that we can come back and bomb them whenever we want. Right. We're With vampires. No you let us in once. You... No congressional authority. Uh, no rule of law. Just we can do whatever we want. No one can stop us because we're a fucking bully with the biggest gun on the planet. And right, we're terrorists. I mean, the, the, you know, the United States government and the United States Army are fucking terrorists. They're a terrorist militia. They're the biggest terrorist militia in the world. But so the and, and even if it was the, the PMF, the PMF. Uh, so the whole the whole lie of why we're still in Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan and Somalia and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and Pakistan is that we're fighting ISIS. Well, the PMF are a Iran-aligned uh, militia who fucking fight ISIS. The whole, you know, the whole, their whole thing is that they help defend Iran from fucking ISIS. They're completely different, you know, Sunnis and Shiites. They're not even... It, the, the idea that, like, you know, you know, the whole lie of, like, oh, we're still there to fight ISIS is bullshit. We just, you know... 
We need to the, the, the fucking staying in Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is a fucking jobs program. It's 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 you know military bloat. It's a way to justify our absurd, obscene, disgusting fucking defense budget, which Joe Biden again increased this year. Now we're up to like seven hundred and sixty billion dollars for defense. We're 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 rapidly approaching a trillion dollars a year for defense, and. What's happening is that our supply is outpacing the demand. So how are we going to fucking get those numbers to line up to where the demand is, is out, you know, outpacing the supply? Uh, we just got to start ginning up more fucking conflict with nuclear armed powers or, you know, nuclear people who are aligned with other people who have nuclear arms uh, to, to further uh, increase tensions, increase, you know, uh, combat missions and make some find something for us to use all these bombs we're building to drop on like we you know it's it's just fucking disgusting and and transparent and you know there's no defense for it whatsoever um but but the liberals who for some fucking reason they i mean they we we already know people that voted for joe biden don't give a fuck about anything they don't care about policy they don't care about human lives unless they're white american lives um they just want their team to win they want to root for their team they want to defend them at all costs um and we saw a lot of that this week we saw uh we, we have a clip actually that you sent me I, I haven't actually watched this clip yet i wanted to save my reaction for the air uh but it it it's uh senator gene shaheen janine shaheen i don't know what the fuck her name is uh Defending defending Biden uh, de defending Biden's illegal strike, and this is her on MSNBC. So I want to. So this is yeah. this is the only news item that you can find on MSNBC.com about Joe Biden's illegal war crimes. Relations and Armed Services Committee. Sorry, I was trying to cue it up. Yeah. So just just to reiterate, this is the this is the only <clears throat> news item on all of the entire MSNBC.com website about Joe Biden bombing Syria and Iraq this week. Right. Killing seven people from, from what we know so far. And we don't even know if they were all even uh, militia members. Not that it even fucking matters. But, you know, it, again, it's, it's just... <sighs> okay, so yeah, here's, here's Senator Shaheen. And, of course, is on top of all of this. Based on the briefings that you've received, do you believe, first of all, that these strikes were justified? Well... I haven't actually been briefed. Um, Congress is not, or the Senate is not in Washington right now. And so all I have seen is what I've seen on the news, which suggests that uh, the president took um, defensive action in response to drone attacks against American personnel and equipment. And I think that's appropriate. We need to make very clear where our red lines are, and we can't allow um, Iranian-backed militias and Iran to continue to attack our personnel. The Iraqi government has issued a very strong denunciation of this, saying that it violates their sovereignty. Iraq seems to be very carefully balancing um, the exist. You know, of course, Iran is right next door, and Iran is such a powerful force in much of Iraq. Shiite militias as well. So they're now really criticizing the U.S. Um, well, two of the strikes, as you know, were in Syria. One was in Iraq. Um, I am not surprised at that Iraqi response. But the fact is, um, 
if the Iraqis are not able to control those Iranian-backed militias and they have free reign to attack um, Americans and other um, people in the region, then it needs to be clear that those kinds of attacks just are not acceptable. And how does the president balance the deterrence factor, what he needs to do, what he feels he needs to do, what you, you have said is an ongoing situation with the Iranian threat, the militia threat of their, their proxy groups, plus his desire, clear desire, to try to reestablish a connection with Iran, especially with this new regime, and get that nuclear agreement back on track, given the very short time frame we've been told. Uh, their missile, their, their nuclear fuel development, rather, over the last year or two since they've broken out, following our getting out of the agreement under President Trump, puts it, you know, only months away from having enough nuclear fuel for a weapon. Okay, stop it right there. Well, it's not just... So, I love that Andrea Mitchell, who's a total war hawk herself, repeats the same fucking lie that we've heard for the last 40 years, that Iran is just months away from a nuclear weapon. Like, how could... (laughs) Like, what what kind of weird... Perpetually. ...fucking, like, time dilation makes that possible, where they've somehow been two months away from making a nuclear bomb for the last 40 years? I think what you're what you're not aware of is that Andrew Mitchell is actually Doctor Manhattan. So at any given point, she's always months away from them having a nuclear weapon. I I can see the future unless there's a nuclear bomb that goes off in the future that creates a a, a neutrino disruption, (laughs) so that I can't see. So okay, so so why is MSNBC interviewing Senator Sheehan, Sheehan, Jean Sheehan, uh, of all of all the senators? Why her? Why would the interview? I I have to imagine. What what is what is the purpose of interviewing somebody who's clearly pro-war? So in, in 2002, when she uh, narrowly lost to uh, Sununu, both supported the 2003 invasion of Iraq and regime change for Iraq. She said she came to support the policy of removing Saddam Hussein from power after meeting with former Clinton administration national security advisor Sandy Berger. But according to the Concord Monitor and Associated Press, the issue was a minor one during their race. So it just... Yeah. Okay. Right. But but why why now? Why is she supporting bombing Syria and Iraq now? So I have some uh, a bit here I want to read from an article on the American Prospect. Uh, between th- 2015 and 2020, uh, Shaheen received nearly half a million dollars in contributions from people or organizations classified as miscellaneous defense, defense electronics, defense aerospace, and foreign and defense policy, according to the Center for Responsive Politics. This also, this includes donations directly to her campaign committee, as well as to the Shaheen Leadership Pack. Defense contractors love to give senators on the Armed Services and Appropriations Committees, or loves to give to senators on the Armed Services and Appropriations Committee. Shaheen serves on both. On the Armed Weird. Services Committee, she is the sixth highest recipient of all 26 senators. On appropriations, she's the fifth highest out of 30 on Foreign Relations, another crucial committee where she serves. She is third of 24. Her high ranking is all the more notable considering that New Hampshire is one of the smallest states where the cost of running a statewide campaign is considerably <laughs> right. lower than it is in any other state. Five defense contractors are in her top 20 donors. Uh, BAE Systems, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, Sierra Nevada, and Honeywell. 
I don't, I don't know what they make. Honey bombs? Uh, General Atomics, Jail Dynamics, and Lockheed Martin also make up her top 100. Defense spending accounted for $3.1 billion in New Hampshire's economy in 2019, accounting for 3.5% of the state's GDP, ranking it 14th in the nation. Shaheen is also a member of the New Hampshire Aerospace and Defense Export Consortium. Uh, and if you want to acronym that, that's NH. ADEC, a trade group that looks to get New Hampshire defense contractors access to international markets. International markets, that's what we call our war crimes now. The senator spoke at a virtual event for the NHADEC in July 2020, at which the consortium said she would, quote, give updates from Washington, D.C., and key developments in areas relevant to the NHADEC's A&D industry. Uh, N-H-A-D-E-C did not return the prospect's calls or emails for comment. So what you're telling me is that she just really cares about them spreading democracy in the Middle East and that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a generally, it's a firmly held principle of hers. Uh, well, she, she, so, also, she opposed Biden pulling out of Afghanistan over really? concern Shock. for women's rights. Oh, wow. I, I'm he, sure that was in good faith. <laughs> right. And, and any... Um, any actual women's rights organization has any concern about women in Afghanistan has said repeatedly that U.S. occupation of Afghanistan does nothing to help women's rights. No, because it's preposterous. So, you know, even in that clip, she just the way she talks about a sovereign country like Iraq, like, well, if they're not going to do anything to stop these militias from running wild, then we need to make it. Why do we make we need to make it clear in their country that their, their country is not going to allow something? Why are we if it's still not, in their country? Right. They don't fucking want us in their country. So we are now considered an occupying army under international law. We are we are there. We are an unwanted presence there and we're an unwanted presence in Syria. We have no business being there. We are there illegally under inter, under international law. We are occupying both of those countries. And on top of that, we're bombing them. So, you know, it's preposterous. And so w- one of the claims she made there was like, oh, well, there was, you know, these drone strikes. So there were apparently three to five, and I, why they don't know the exact number is it should be suspicious on its own, attempted drone attacks on American soldiers or American in whatever American bases personnel. in their countries, that, per- that's, see, we're, see, personnel. We're not, we're not we're not occupying them anymore, so it's personnel, not not soldiers. Right, right. Just office workers. Um, they don't even wear boots on the ground. They wear sandals. <laughs> right, right. They have sneakers. Um, so uh, none of these killed anybody or caused any significant damage whatsoever. But apparently, these were attempted drone strikes. But again, even if they were successful drone strikes, uh, that that. Uh, did kill people, they are completely legally justified in doing so. The same way we talk about Hamas being legally justified in launching rockets at an occupying army who is literally brutalizing and murdering them um, and spraying them with raw sewage. Uh, you know, the people of Iran and Syria are completely within their rights of self-defense to attack the people that are occupying their country illegally. And the whole um, the whole thing stems from and what the PMF uh, cite is that that their attempts were in retaliation for the U.S.'s completely illegal assassination of Governor Soleimani, which almost fucking could have started World War Three if, if you know if things didn't didn't shake out the way they did. That Donald you know Trump authorized the fucking uh, the assassination of the third highest ranking member of the uh, the Iranian government, basically. Um, 
just to send a message for no reason whatsoever. Uh, one of the one of the more powerful countries in the Middle East who's aligned with all of our quote unquote enemies like Russia and you know it, it's just Turkey. So it, it it was it was a completely disgusting, blatant, uh, illegal assassination in in flagrant violation of international law and could have caused major fucking conflicts, um, if not all out war. And that was, you know, their 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 mild response to that, and and because of that, we get to claim self defense and 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 you know, fucking bomb a bunch of their, you know, uh, sites, their 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 munition right. sites. Well, so that, we can't leave until they stop attacking us. This was def- a defensive strike, right? What she said, right? How do you how do you wage a preemptive defensive strike in a country that's not yours? That's how is that possible? Because we're always Fucking, right. They're, they're, well, right. It, so, but it, this has been the this has been the pattern with MSNBC increasingly. They are now. I mean, just just because Trump was, you know, mildly anti-war, uh, and, and was basically fulfilling the promise that Biden made back in 2012 that we would be out of Afghanistan and Iraq by 2014, which obviously didn't happen. That him doing like you know years later the thing Biden promised to do and Obama promised to do was somehow so untenable that liberals were like, okay, now we're pro-war. Right. We're, pro, we're, we're pro-war now. <clears throat> but at the same time, they kept telling us for four years that Trump was going to start World War III, which he didn't. You remember in response to killing that Iranian general, Iran landed a dozen cruise missiles inside the fucking... The, <clears throat> the, the, the fence base. of a fucking... Right. Yeah. And, and you looked... I finally found the satellite photo... Of that shit, because I thought they like landed them, you know, within a couple miles or something. Right. You know, no, they this was like a, a precision surgical strike where they landed <clears> these cru- guided cruise missiles, which, according to our own NATSEC experts, it, Iran didn't even have. So that was a great little thing for them to wake up to. Landed them mere feet away from barracks where U.S. Uh, personnel were sleeping. Right, so if you can land at that perfectly and make sure no one's still like injured at all, like. Clearly, that was the message of "Don't fuck with us," right? Right. And if that was Dick Cheney or Carl <clears throat> Rove or Donald Rumsfeld on our side, you think it would have stopped there? Oh fuck no! They would have. We we would have. That would have been. They would have been salivating over that. That's what they wanted because that would have been full right. justification for all-out ground war in Iran. Right. That's but that's hundred percent. Everything just fizzled after that. Right. Just despite all of the frothy at the mouth for you know just open combat on MSNBC it didn't happen right, right. And, but this is this is exactly the kind of thing that they're hoping for purely for ratings and also because MSNBC is still partially owned by GE uh, mostly owned by Comcast now but I, I just have a, a bit I want to read about some of the people who work for MSNBC now um Right. And I, I don't even I didn't bookmark where I got this article from. I know it's from the Intercept, but I don't remember who wrote it. it might have been Glenn uh, from a couple years ago. So it goes here. Uh, some of the most beloved and frequently featured MSNBC commentators are the most bloodthirsty <clears throat> pro-war militarists from the War on Terror. Sounds David like Glenn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, David Frum, Jennifer Rubin, Ralph Peters, and Bill Cristo, who was just giddily and affectionately celebrated with a playful nickname bestowed upon him. Lil Bill. In early 2018, NBC hired former CIA chief John Brennan to serve as, quote, their senior national security and intelligence analyst. 
where the rendition and, and torture advocate joined, as Political's Jack Schaefer noted, a long litany of former security state officials at the network, including Chuck Rosenberg, former acting DEA administrator, chief of staff for the FBI, uh, ch- chief of staff for the FBI director James B. Comey, and counselor to former FBI director Robert S. Mueller III, Frank Figazuli, former chief of the Jesus. FBI counterintelligence, uh, and Juan Zarate, deputy national security advisor under Bush. As Schaefer noted, filling your news and analyst slots with former security uh, state officials at MSNBC and NBC have done what they've done is tantamount to becoming a state TV. Since their first loyalty, and this is no slam, is to the agency from which they hail. As he put it, quote, imagine a TV network covering the auto industry through the eyes of dozens of paid former auto executives, and you begin to appreciate the current <clears throat> peculiarities. Steve, uh, Steve Schmidt, this is my favorite piece of shit, uh, senior consultant to George W. Bush and John McCain. This is, a, is John McCain's campaign manager. I think who pushed eight. McCain to choose Sarah Palin as his running mate. And he's also the founder of the Lincoln Project, who he, who he resigned from after trying to cover up sexual misconduct allegations and for being outed for money laundering. Uh, funny, he hasn't been on MSNBC for almost, like, the entirety of his year. Like, very quietly kind of put him away for a while. So Schmidt joined the Bush administration as a deputy assistant to the president and counselor to Vice President Dick Cheney. In 2004, he was a member of the senior strategic planning group led by the White House advisor Karl Rove that ran President George W. Bush's re-election campaign. Schmidt oversaw the re-election war room. In 2005 and 2006, he was the White House uh, strategic responsible... Let me try that again. Uh, in 2015, uh, 2005 and 2006, he was the White House st- uh, strategist responsible for the U.S. Supreme Court nomination of Samuel Alito in Chief Justice John Roberts. So this is a guy <clears throat> that progressive, liberal, MSNBC turns to every fucking night, or at least they did until January. Until <laughs> became uh, untenable, right? Yeah, this is the people that they, you know, and this is fine with their audience. This is fine with their, their aging audience who see, sees that, you know, bloodthirsty uh, pile of skull Republicans who, you know, say, oh, but Trump's bad and the Democratic Party's good. Like, that's fine. There's right. no, like, you're, you're, you know, like, oh, so what if you're a Catholic priest that molested children? You know, you're a fucking pedophile. Do you like Trump? <laughs> no. Oh, like, great, did great. You, did, you say, did you say you're sorry? Okay, good. That's, that's it. What else do we need to hear? <laughs> well, and that's the thing, and I've said this for a long time, but liberals, at their core, don't fucking care about anything. They don't care about policy. They don't care about our, our insane, murderous uh, imperialism all over the world. They just don't like being made to feel dumb or made to feel uncomfortable. And Donald Trump, for all of his policy flaws, the the thing that they didn't like about him is that he wasn't he wasn't playing by their rules. He wasn't playing by the rules of DC. He was a he was uncouth. He wasn't he did he wasn't, you know. The, the, oh shit. Oh shit. What? I, I, Donald Rumsfeld just died. <laughs> no fucking way. Are you fucking yes. kidding me right now? I just fucking cited his name and then I checked our group chat. No he fucking just, way. Donald Rumsfeld just fucking died. <laughs> what hang a on, fucking hang on. gift. Hang on. Hang on. Oh my God. Fucking... Oh, my, oh God. my God. Donald Rumsfeld really just died. <laughs> I killed him. I we fucking can't... killed him. <laughs> <laughs> 
my God, how did he die? Is it paid fully? Let me, hang on, I'm going to try to read the CNBC article. Um, uh, okay, it doesn't say how. That's fucking awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> man, oh, what, man. A, what a gift after talking about hey, these, these fucking uh, terrible... W- w- wouldn't it be crazy <laughs> if, uh, I don't know, some other war criminals suddenly find the kick bucket? <laughs> right. <coughs> Kissinger. Oh, my God. That motherfucker is just such a... I, I don't know who's fucking uh, what what fucking goat heart he ate in, in that in whatever satanic ritual to fucking be alive. Like, he's gonna outlive everybody. He's gonna fucking outlive us. Like I swear to God. <laughs> oh my I God. Know. I don't know. He's, he's like he ninety five. Like, he's ninety five. He, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he just like you know every time another war criminal dies, like their soul just gets absorbed into right. You Kissinger's see, he's, body, he's Shang Tsung. You know? He 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 sucks their soul out there, you know, with his hand. He just a green right. mist leaves the the next war criminal's oh body and right into his. That's so fucking cool <laughs> that that just happened. <laughs> oh my god. That's uh, fucking awesome. Wow, I'm actually in a good mood now. Um, well, I, so I, I, the whole MSNBC thing, though, w- was was a lead up to, to this clip because we do want to play uh, this clip. And just and, and you know, honestly, MSNBC has gotten so bad that they don't even need to hire the Republicans anymore. They don't need to hire uh, Steve Schmidt because this is a panel of three liberals and they're completely indistinguishable from Fox News um, panelists and commentators. So I'm going to play this clip, um, and this is a clip about um, conservatives, uh, you know, tweeting out defund the military and like hashtagging defund the military over uh, race study, you know, like you know CRT and and race studies and things like that, and like the military pretending to not be, you know, horrible or like trying to, you know, trying to be woke while at the same time doing all the same horrendous shit that they were doing just to give themselves good PR, you know. The, the same thing that every horrible industry uh, in in this country does, um, but of course this is like the an easy this is like rage bait for conservative uh, punditry. So they're they've been tweeting out defund the military in response. So this is uh, Joy Reid and her liberal panelists' response to the defund the military uh, hashtag. Representative Houlihan, I guess that I'll throw it to you. Are Democrats prepared to go out there and explain to voters that it's Republicans who now want to defund the military? They tried to use defund the police, which is, by the way, DOA as a thing, right? It, it Look at New York City, where they just elected the most pro-cop person to be mayor, or at least they're close to it. That's not a thing. Defund the military is a thing. They're saying it on Fox. Yeah, and I want to back all the way up because I hadn't seen those tweets that you referred to about the Viet Cong, and I'm I'm literally nauseous. My father fought in Vietnam, my grandfather in Korea. Uh, you know, the idea that we can be trolling and, and not understanding the consequences of this. One of the things that struck me about General Milley's testimony uh, yesterday was a continued reminder that from him that not just the people in that room are listening to the things that we're saying, and not just the people who are watching Fox News or this show are listening. When we're talking about defunding the military, the very thing that allows and allows us to be the people we are, say the things that we're saying, and to be the nation that we are and the democracy that we are, other people are listening. Our enemies are listening. And I think what's remarkable about uh, the Democratic Party right now is that we get it. We get it certainly much more than the Republican Party does right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's an important uh, di- differentiation and distinction that we need to be making. Well, my father, what? my father killed people, innocent people, in an illegal war. My grandfather killed people in, a, in, his, in an illegal war, and I'll be damned if they're going to disrespect the memory of those men. 
it's it, <sighs> this is the, this is like Fox Fox News. This, this is, this, Fox this is News worse. This is like ten years ago. Right. This is like exactly. This, this is insane. Well, uh, my my daddy died for a mistake. <laughs> I'll be damned if my son doesn't die for a mistake too. Our enemies are listening. You fucking lunatic. We spend more than the next seven countries combined on our military. We could cut our defense budget by seventy five percent and still spend more than any other country on earth. And this is per the, year the, on they, defense. All, all the fucking liberals were trying to suck off this general. <clears throat> For testifying, it, it, literally, so so the GOP accuses the military of teaching critical race theory, and this general testifies to say that no, we're definitely not teaching critical <laughs> right. race theory. <laughs> no, we're we're just shitty as Dem- ever. Don't Democrats worry. are cheering that. They're like, "Yay! See, we're not teaching that <laughs> racism exists in the military. Look, we're winning. We're beating oh, the GOP." Fuck. <clears throat> so then. <clears throat> So I got this upper respiratory infection thing going on. It's not fun. So then, <clears throat> Democrats immediately just pick that up and 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 run with you know we can't defund the military. Oh, and also defunding the police. We hate that. That was a terrible thing. That right. was DOA. <laughs> oh, that's, right. That's the big thing. Oh, the fucking so, smugness too. She's like, oh, defund the police. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. They just like the most pro. And she says oh, it like giddily, like like it's, like it's it, and it's the thing that scares them the most, right? Because it's a concrete demand, not a flashy slogan. The right. way Barack Obama liked to say, you know, yes, we can. And then, of course, he he called defund the police a flashy slogan, <laughs> right? Which total knowing projection. Knowing well that it's not that it's is it is a concrete demand. Right. So I, I saw this uh, tweet from Internet Hippo the other day, uh, and it just sums it up perfectly. It says, hope you're happy. While your defund the police tweets failed to defund the police, they caused the recent increase in violent crime in other ways, which I sadly don't have time to explain. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, it, it's like suddenly after we convict a killer cop. Oh, God, did you see that? Derek Chauvin. Now it's, now it's oh, oh, crime is the most important issue now. Well, cops' morale is down. They're quitting. It's like, you, you think that's going to get us to stop? Like, that's, that's literally the point. But no. That but- was the whole point. We <laughs> right. want them to be demoralized. We want them to quit. We want so, the, I mean, you know, and maybe who is left is the people that actually care about the community and aren't a bunch of fucking raging Nazis. Right. And and the whole thing about like this this narrative, and of course it's completely PBA, police union push narrative about a rise in crime. Number one, it's a very mild blip and it's actually not even as high as it was in like twenty fifteen. You know, it, it's it's a total it, it's a total misrepresentation of, of what's actually happening, but um I don't know if you saw that that image going around that they showed that graph on MSNBC the other day about a rise in crime, and at number one the uh, the Y what's the bottom axis is that the X or the Y? Um, uh, okay, so the bottom axis yeah, right. So well, I, I think there's a but I, whatever. <laughs> I, I sucked at geometry, but with the, the bottom axis uh, axis on the graph was reversed, so it was going in reverse order. <laughs> um, and the, the the data points, even though they were evenly spaced on the graph, were not evenly spaced months. It was like June 2020, and then December 2020, and then February 2020. Like they were like completely mis you know misaligned. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, the other thing you it, this is I've done this before with with you know looking at charts and graphs is you know if you really want to make a spike look big, uh, you, you don't make the bottom of your axis zero. You make it like whatever the lowest point right. it was before the uptick. 
so that the uptick looks massive. Right. But if you count it all the way down to what the zero mark was, it's like a tiny little... It looks like a blip. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and the other thing that was funny about this is when you actually look at what it was citing, it, 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 it said it wasn't citing an actual like incidence of crimes occurring it was cite, it, it, it what it was measuring was people's opinions of of whether or not crime was on the rise or not right which is which all you have to do to make them have that perception is call them and say hey what's your what's your perception of all this increased crime it's like oh it's bad or, no there was one or bmsnbc and report on a rise in crime therefore people think there's a rise in crime when there's no actual statistics to back that and, up and, so it's complete from, fucking farce from yeah. whence does crime stats come from the police <laughs> right who want more funding you know who want to have who we can always pensions. trust to give us honest uh, honest you know answers and statistics right. at all times right so just in in to <clears throat> You know, just so you don't think the internet hippo was being hyperbolic with the the outrage and contempt that liberals have for defund the police. Mm. I run across this last night from a guy, little little egghead, bald with glasses guy on the internet. Uh, and this is just like I thought this was like the dad from Get Out parody. <laughs> right. Honestly, this was this is so beautifully written. And he has two tweets here. He's replying to himself. And he says, his name is, uh, I'll tell you his name after I read this. He says, I am as far left insane progressive as there is. Wait, wait, wait so, let me guess. There's, is there going to be a butt coming? <laughs> so even, even though you know there's a butt coming before you even get to that, you know that what he just said is, is not true. He's the furthest left person that he knows, which is just progressive. Right. right, And what the rest I'm going to read here is going to illustrate Exhibit 946, why progressives are fucking dog shit. Okay, so if you call yourself that, I'm lumping you in with this guy. Right. Well, when I, when, and I, I should clarify. I, th- I know we, I, we know a lot of well-meaning people who, who share our politics who still use that term. And I just, you know, I think it's a completely meaningless term. And I think, They're you fucking know, idiots, then. They're fucking it, idiots. It's, it's Move just... left, idiot. So when he says, I am as far left insane progressive as there is, uh, really? Are you, are you, you know, so would you agree with the guy up in Seattle who uh, tried to, you know, by himself... Uh, burn an ice facility and died right. while sh- while shooting at fucking DHS officers because that's about as far left as you can get. <laughs> right. So if, unless you're on par with that guy, you're not as far left as there is. Okay. So he continues, but <laughs> he doesn't waste any time. But how could we have cooked up the worst political slogan of a generation with defund the police? Like we're a bunch of suburban socialists. LOL. <laughs> Gotta love us for always snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Ha ha. So that's <sighs> just the first tweet. That's just the oh, first. Oh, there's, we're, there's more. We're, there's more. We're a bunch of suburban socialists. Like I, I think he means latte liberals. And right. That's that's not a good term. That was that was one of like the best uh, terms the right came up with for bougie fucking liberals who were you know right. totally latte liberals, limousine class. liberals. It was a, you yeah. Know. That was that one. That one stuck because it was accurate, right? <laughs> you know. So he continues here. Gotta love. Okay, I already read that part. Uh, okay, so it should have been. He's saying what the oh, slogan oh, should have been. He's gonna tell it, us. It should have been reform the police. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So he's just channeling his inner Jank Unger, right? 
Uh, everyone agrees with that, even the police. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why but, the fucking maniac terrorist racist monsters who are murdering people if, with impunity agree with that. Guess what? If the police agree with it, it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's a bad idea. If the people in power go along with it, you're, it's, it's like with last summer, we had all these fucking riots and looting, and then there was this giant, <clears throat> like, peace parade, and 30,000 people showed up for it. And the organizers were tweeting out how successful it was because not a single arrest happened. <laughs> if, if, there, if there's not a single fucking arrest happens, you didn't do fucking shit, dumbass. Right. I do appreciate, though, so, how you told this guy uh, the strategy in the language he understands, the Joe Biden stage whisper. That's the, that's the language that liberals understand the most when you're being, is that you're, is yeah. that Joe Biden's being truthful <laughs> when he whispers in that creepy fucking stage voice. I was just trying to hold, catch my breath and not choke, but <clears throat> so he, he finishes up here. We progressives are idiots. It's a wonder we can even we. feed ourselves. We're right. He means right isn't correct. Right. We're, we're right, but we don't know how to talk to people or win when winning is ours. Gotta love us. So, so to his mind, the way you win <sighs> is to do whatever the people in power are comfortable with. Right. So don't agitate. Just be complacent. Do what they want. Don't call for an, you know, even a reduction of the funding to a violent white supremacist organization that eats up literally half the budget of most cities. Don't, don't, don't chip away at that. Don't fund uh, you know, drug treatment facilities. Don't fund libraries. Don't fund, fund schools. Don't fund better transit. Just keep 40% of the city budget going to the pigs. Right. And, and you know, the whole other, the, the other thing is that even if they're... Oh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, this, was, this was by uh, Jerry Saltz, senior art critic, New York Magazine. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. As left as it gets. Right. Ah! I, I, I would have put $1,000 that he wrote for either the New Yorker, the New York Magazine, or the Atlantic. Some fucking print rag where he doesn't even do a politics beat. Um, yeah. So, and you know, even if there is a slight uptick in statistical violent crime, and you know, again, whether there is or not, I have no idea, um, because you can never get a straight uh, answer or actual, you know, uh, legitimate data points on these sorts of things. Um, I, gee, I, you know, me, big dummy that I am, would probably attribute it to the fact that uh, we had a fucking global pandemic where millions of people lost their fucking jobs and thousands, you know, and thousands of dollars, you know, individuals specifically lost thousands and thousands of dollars in their entire livelihoods. And the government's fucking some total response was Donald Trump gave us 1800 bucks and then Joe Biden gave us. 1400 bucks that was the fucking some response of the government response to this global pandemic which cost individuals billions of dollars in this country and their entire livelihoods upended lives and families killed over a half a million people by the way another reason why people go like, oh, there's no one to work anymore yeah because he killed six hundred thousand people through your ineptitude um yeah, i would well, probably attribute it to that big things one of the big things it really does <clears> cause <throat> a very rapid spike in violent crime is the heat. How hot it is. Like, look at how many people get, get murdered for every degree above, like, 95 degrees it gets. It, right. It's like... It's the whole premise it, of falling it's, down, it's like basically. It's multiplier. Yeah. Yeah, because people... It's, it's, some people have different stress levels, and if you're in any given situation, you respond to stress differently. But if it's really fucking hot out, you're, you're 
stress tolerance goes way down. Right. And crossing that threshold where you people will lash out in a stressful situation, their breaking point is much lower. And they've done studies on this. And the police know it. The police know, like, the hotter the temperature, the more violent crime is going to happen. That's, like, one of the few places where they're, they're accurate and honest about it. Right. Right. And, you know, the other big one um, that isn't a problem anymore was leaded gasoline. Like, back in the 60s and right. 70s, there was just a fucking epidemic of crime that suddenly disappeared as soon as they finally banned leaded gasoline because people were breathing in fucking lead all day <laughs> right. in the cities. And that was somehow okay and legal. And there was, you know, if you watch that, um, oh, that Neil deGrasse Tyson series he did. Uh, uh, Cosmos. Cosmos, yeah. There yeah. was a whole episode about the guy who, like, devoted his whole life to try and get Congress to believe that breathing in uh, vaporized lead was bad for you. Like right. that, that, that took his whole life to convince. Because the whole fucking industry was like, yeah, but we liked burning leaded gasoline. Like, that's... <laughs> That's what's wrong with that. So what was and again I I you know I've, I know the broad strokes of the story, but what was it just too expensive? Was it just they had to pay money to remove the lead from gas? Like it, was it naturally occurring in gasoline that they? Oh, who knows? Like it, it was probably a byproduct. They were just right. like, well, we got all this lead laying around. How can we? <laughs> uh, how can we disperse it evenly amongst the environment so that right. we don't have to pay to dispose of it? Oh, let's put it in gasoline. Right, right, we and we'll burn it extra... up, and then it'll go away. It will be fine. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, cities that put fluoride in their water. Right. Well, most of them don't even put uh, uh, sodium fluoride. They use a, a chemical that's a byproduct of fertilizer called hexafluorosilic acid. And it, you remember when, right after the Boston Marathon bombing, there was that huge fertilizer plant in Texas that exploded? Yeah, yeah. That was like <clears> a, a quarter-mile-wide mushroom cloud? That's what did it. Oh, it was right. that they, shit. They refined it there or whatever? Yeah, so that's, that's that hexafluorosilic acid is is the stuff that goes boom. Right. Right. And Seems because it's so drink. volatile, they're like, well, how do we get rid of it? Like, well, let's stop putting uh, sodium fluoride in drinking water for strong teeth, and let's put this, this explosive chemical in the water instead, because we have so much of it, and it's, it's explosive. Right? So that's how we get rid of things we don't like, is figure out ways we can just disperse it out into... You know, the neighborhood, like we were talking about the guy that wanted to spray all the nuclear waste all over the like cloud seed right. nuclear waste and vaporize it. Yeah, just just absolutely insane. Just just a bunch of fucking geniuses. Um, well, you know, speaking of, of idiotic uh, things like that, we, we, we should also talk about this this um, condo uh, collapse that happened down in Miami. Uh, this week, I know you you have some of the details on, on what actually happened, but um. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't know exactly, but this was something all the people in the building were aware of. I mean, the building was slowly collapsing. Um, the foundations were always wet, even when it wasn't raining, which people noticed. Uh, Probably the, not normal. The concrete columns <clears throat> were, were like, pulverizing, right? Like, if, if concrete's left wet too long, it turns back into water and sand. Right, right and gravel. Right. Uh, and then the rebar inside the concrete, once that starts rusting, you know, you're talking about millions and millions and millions of pounds of concrete for a building of that size, right? And they were days away from finalizing plans to spend something like $9 million to fix the building. Uh, and there's another building. It has a, a twin sister building that's like a block away. Who they're all everyone's Built the like, same way, uh, I'm sure. It's yeah, it's exactly the same. And there also was a, a massive 
high-rise built right next to it, too, that they said that during the construction of that building, they could feel their whole building, like, vibrating, right? So clearly, like, you know, this all, this all came to kind of a head. Tragically, uh, and I'm glad it's getting more and more media coverage because, you know, you know that if this was Cuba or China, we would say, oh, look, communism. They, you right. Know, but when it happens here or like at Grenfell in the UK, it's like, oh, well, you know, shit happens. Like, it, like not, not it, you know, it, it, there's just no blame to be had whatsoever when it's when it's a country that's, you know, right. Right. <laughs> and, and you see the <clears throat> obfuscation in the media coverage. Right, right, because we have to make it about being hopeful and coming together as a community, and no one's really to blame. Oh, and also Israel's here to help. <laughs> oh this my God! Just, right, <laughs> right, of course. Like because everything in Florida has to be somehow tied to Cuba bad, Israel good, right? And every like presser I've seen, because every time they find a body, they find like one body a day. Uh, they have to have another press conference and talk about hopes and prayers. And also Israel. So it, it, I'm like, what, is, what, is, what would fucking Israel do there? Right? So uh, this is basically, they, they have like little, you know, little PR teams <clears> they send <throat> out when they want to look good. Right? right? And, you know, and I was like, well, if anyone understands collapsing buildings, it's Israel. So <laughs> there you <laughs> right. go. But then I watched the fucking, some of the video clips. Listen to this quote. When the Israelis who deal with these types of events through mass explosions and missile events say, now, now, Right there, he's not talking about Israel's mass, uh, you know, missile events bombing Gaza. He's saying that when Israel's the victim of right mass bombings and missile events, which they're not. Right. We're talking about tiny little handheld rockets, <laughs> not not actual missiles. They almost never hit anyone or anything. Right. Much less collapse a building. Right. Like you're lucky if it like puts a crack in a window. Right. So he says when they deal with these missile events, um, when people when they say that uh, we would do it the same way that Flora's doing it, it definitely gives me a sense of pride that these guys are doing it right. Said Jimmy Petronas, Florida's chief financial officer. (laughs) Why the fuck is the state's chief financial officer being interviewed about a a building collapsing because of faulty construction? Oh, God. It's just so... They're so blatant. They can't even fucking hide it. Like, it's just... And then you sent that picture earlier of that that guy who was like the the one of the like either the chief representative or the president of uh, Israel in Miami, which is this 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 uh, how they describe themselves on Twitter is uh, Israel's diplomatic mission to Miami, serving Florida, Kansas, Missouri, and Puerto Rico. That fuck, how fucking you know four is contiguous that? states: Kansas, Missouri, Florida, and Puerto Rico. <laughs> Uh, and I, and I, I read further on this, and they were, you know, deeply concerned because out of the 160 people who are <clears throat> uh, quote unquote missing, guess what? They're they're not missing. Right. They're, they're just Jesus. under. They're under your feet. Right. Um, you know, 35 of them were were Jewish, and as many as seven of them had ties to Israel. So, like, literally out of 35 of them, like, uh, you know, all but seven were secular Jews. <laughs> right. So clearly, we need the consular. <laughs> Of Israel to be there on the ground. Right, right. Taking uh, pictures with Ben Shapiro and, you know. Yeah, he's got a selfie with Ben Shapiro. I'm just like, oh, my God. So they, they're really trying to, to, like, mask this thing and how just awful it is. This is absolutely a tragedy. It absolutely could have been avoided. People in the building were desperately trying to, <coughs> you know, prevent this from happening. <coughs> 
But it would have cost them money. It would have cost them money. So why, you know? Well, right. But they had to. They ever had to have the Condo Owners Association vote to increase their condo fees to pay for it. (laughs) Not to not any of the developers. It was like you got. We got to have hold a bake sale. To keep the roof over your right. head. Never mind that from, we built it on the fucking cheap, and that it, we we put your all, your lives in danger, and you know subsequently murdered over 150 of you because of our negligence. You guys have to pay more rent so that we can afford to fix our fucking cheapness from when we built this fucking building. Yeah, I, I mean, fuck condo owners for one, but still, like that's the, the idea that they should have to pay to fix their own building um, is insane. So yeah. th- this is this is. Um, the, the crazy part is, is I found out that uh, Miami-Dade County has a mayor. Like, I didn't know that counties had mayors. In the South, there's a lot mayors. more. Yeah, a lot of southern states have county uh, mayors, which is uh, like a county. Like, we have up here, we have, like, county presidents. Or, like, it, it, I think it's just a diff- the same job with different title, really? basically. Yeah. I've never lived anywhere like that. It's, it's always like county commissioners. You're right, or county uh, commissioners. I think it's the same yeah. idea. Anyway, she was the first person I heard talking about how great it was to have Israel there, and I'm like, "What's wh- why? What are they? What are they doing?" And I so I started reading, like what what they're actually doing there. So uh, this is from uh, the Miami Herald, <laughs> heralding Israel. Uh, a team of eleven search and rescue experts flew out Saturday afternoon after Governor Ron DeSantis and Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine Cava accepted help from Mayor Albaz Tarinsky. Sounds Russian. Um, the newly appointed Israel Consul General from Miami. You should say for Miami. Yuval Klein, an officer in the search and rescue unit of the Israel Defense Forces, told the Miami Herald that his team contributed several new techniques to the effort, including conducting extremely detailed interviews. Sounds like interrogation. <laughs> right. Uh, with family members of those still missing. He quotes himself here. For example, we would show them a picture of the apartment and would ask, where is the master bedroom situated? Where was the bed inside this room? Where would the person sleep? All things that sounds like they would interrogate someone, you know, <laughs> trying to find, like, where, where are the Hamas rockets? Are you sheltering Palestinians they? under the floorboards? Like, right. What? It just sounds exactly like, like, like why are you, would you be asking right. those things? Uh, what direction would their head be? Yeah, yeah. What direction oh, yeah, sure. would they <laughs> lay on the bed? I can't imagine why they want that information. Right. <sighs> Did they have any significant, significant objects in the room? Maybe a statue, maybe a mirror with a gold ring. Once the data is incorporated into first responders' blueprints of apartments, Klein said it can help rescuers better understand which apartments they are encountering in the rubble, who they are looking for, and how many people are missing from that apartment. I just love that. Uh, no, it, no, it can't. Right, no, it no, fucking can't. Not. It doesn't make any fucking difference. Like, it's all one giant. Pa- they're even calling the rubble the pancake in the oh, news Jesus now. And it's just great because like they bring in this 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 representative from Israel and they're like, all right, so how can you help situations? Like, well, uh, we could uh, spray some sewage on it. Would that help? No, 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 that wouldn't help at all. Okay, well, uh, I could interrogate they might, people. They might be thirsty down right. there. Right. So what we give the Gazans to drink, and they seem to have no problem right. with it. Well, uh, what if what if I interrogate them? That's the only other thing I know how to do. <laughs> you know? I know how to. We ask all killed them already, so I can't do that. that so the, my, my yeah. third thing is uh, interrogation. Oh. God. So this oh, is this is like the the but again like they're really trying to hide how severe this is right because they're they're calling it the third the third worst you know I'm assuming that's by lives lost the third right. worst building collapse in U.S. history but you know where the first two were uh, let me guess World Trade Centers one and two 
uh, Oklahoma City oh. and 9-11. Okay. That's so why I broke it down. Both of those collapsed because of massive explosions. Right. That happened. And attack. The like they were, yeah, whatever, you know. Like. So th- that makes this the number one spontaneous collapse of a building in U.S. history. Right. And not, they, won't not even, they don't by even want to call it that. They're afraid to call it that. But the other thing is when they, when they compare it to Oklahoma City, 9 11, then there's, there's somehow, an, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a national moment of mourning. Like, we're under attack. You know, and, and but who's to blame? Well, not the developer. They won't be, they're not going to be blamed. Unreal. You know, I mean, they'll get sued eventually, right. but that won't make the news. Right. The, right now, <sighs> it's about coming together and healing as a nation the way we did after 9 11 and the Oklahoma City bombing. Right. Like, that's, that's all it is so that we can ignore how money mattered more than human life. And then we'll do the, 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 the same important job of healing that we did after 9-11, uh, and that is to come together and blame the exact wrong people for the, <laughs> for the fucking incident. Um, and yeah, just it, it's, it's disgusting and it's a tragedy, but uh, that's, we live in a country that, that spends all of its fucking money <laughs> on blowing up other we, countries. You could have just said we live in a country. Right. That, like, right, we, we live, live in a society. society. Um, yeah, all right, so... Uh, before we get out of here, you wanted to mention uh, there's a little hysteria around the the CPC celebrating its uh, centennial. Oh my God. When, when you say a little, um, uh, I, couldn't be, China, I couldn't be more afraid right now because tomorrow, tomorrow is the day when the CCP or CPC, if you hate China, uh, is celebrating. So yeah, so it, it, in China they call it the, the Chinese Communist Party or kind of yeah. Right. But for some reason, we don't like that. So we call it the uh, Communist Party of China. Communist Party of China. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just like a like I like, <laughs> like, they, like racist calling Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay like later in his life. Right. It's like one of those types. Of well, it's like we we want to make it sound as much like the CCCP or USSR right. as possible. And it's it's like to the point where, you know, like the New York Times had the article bashing quote-unquote red tourism where people go to uh, landmarks around China that celebrate their history of communism. Like, like wait till you find out... Of, yeah, wait till you find out about our Civil War reenactments and how <laughs> fucking insane that shit is. Right. Like, we're, we're not... I mean, it, it's, it's literally just everything that, that is totally normal about our country, we will frame China as doing the same thing as somehow barbaric. Right. Right? And they put this l- picture of a little girl... Holding a toy gun, sitting on a on a fake horsey, like as a, oh my god, child soldiers. It's like really, I could find a hundred images of of white children holding guns just like that, right? And dressed in fatigues and playing and with I did. army men and right, <laughs> right. You know. Um, so I just wanted to read some of the headlines uh, from Western media uh, about their upcoming uh, upcoming tomorrow, hundred year anniversary. Um, so first one. And, and all of these are like they try to be as, as snarky and pithy as possible, right? With their head. So some of these have headlines, and some of them have headlines and bylines. So I'll just kind of go through each one. Uh, the lives of the party: the Chinese Communist Party turns 100. And then the byline is: Xi is the strongest leader in his generation, but is his strength the CCP's greatest weakness? <laughs> like, sure, yeah, no, that makes like, sense. Just, is is being good at things actually bad? <laughs> More on the local news at seven. Um, it's, yeah. it's like in in 2016 they said I've never even heard of Bernie Sanders, and then in 2020 they said, well, you know, there's such a thing as being too popular, <laughs> right? 
They literally the same people fucking said that right. shit. Uh, so next one. Chinese communist 100th anniversary proves to be a boon for the black market. <laughs> like, what? Oh, uh, again, like uh, uh, probably written by some Forbes guy who like loves the idea of unregulated black market. Well, and it's also it's a way to the same thing they do with when they talk about the wet market. It's like, oh, black market, Canal Street. Think of all these seedy Chinamen down in down in you know Chinatown selling all these knockoff. Like it's just it's it's the right, the right. very light coded like, racism. The person with those views always wants to take vacations in countries that have no age of consent laws. <laughs> right, right, right. Just right. total coincidence. Right. I'm sure those two things aren't related at all. But yeah, the, the next one here. Uh, obey the party. The CCP steps out of the shadows in Hong Kong. Once forced into a low-key existence, the Chinese Communist Party has been, become increasingly assertive in the former British colony. Uh, yeah, because that's part of China now. They had an agreement. It's not Britain anymore. <laughs> I think the people so, that live there definitely look a lot more British than they look Chinese, you know, to be fair. Sure, but it's, <laughs> no, it's I'm like I'm it's like the yeah the idea that that somehow is like the former British colony like what the f- you know do they refer to the United States as a former Native American uh, territory in, in their articles uh, you know even though they should no no they don't of course why is not. in America paying enough respect to the British royal family right <laughs> right even fuck out of here right why don't they refer <laughs> to us as the former British colony <laughs> fucking oh, next unreal. one here. Reading between the lines of the CCP's centennial propaganda blitz. <laughs> like, they're not even hiding that one. Uh, so, uh, the byline is, Troop deployments, censorship, and exhaustive promotion point to a deep uncertainty about the party's future. Yeah, I kind of doubt that. I kind of doubt that one. Gee, what would and if you want to see troop deployments and exhaustive promotion... Uh, watch the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, what, gee, what would that be like? Military propaganda and troop deployments and uh, censorship. What, what would you, what, what country does that remind you of? Um, oh it, it is funny, though, whenever to just read any headline about China or Russia and just substitute oh. United States in for every mention of those countries. And it's this like, is, oh, no, this I, is actually ha- good reporting if you're talking about our yeah. country. I have one more here, but real quick, I, I, this was, I was flipping through Netflix the other night looking for something to watch, and of course, because I'm, a, because I'm a white guy, Netflix is like, oh, he'll like war movies. Right. Right? And so I get lots of that. Uh, <clears throat> lots of those suggestions. And I get one here for uh, a movie with, uh, it's like Aaron Eckhart made a war movie, uh, and it's called The Outpost. Not, not The Occupation, but The Outpost. And just, just the description of this movie made me fucking furious. Uh, so... A group of vastly outnumbered U.S. soldiers at a remote Afghanistan base must fend off a brutal offensive by Taliban fighters <laughs> in the Battle of Kamdesh. Oh, uh, again, Lord. how can you wage an offensive in your own country? Y- you're the... <coughs> but that's U.S. soil. <laughs> the, that, that, that outpost, as they call it, is U.S. soil now, I guess, apparently. That you can't be... You're invading their country. You're the offensive. Right. So I tried to like, just in my head like rewrite. Well, what would it, you know? Wh- how would it be if like Afghanistan made a movie? You know, like how would they right. phrase it? <laughs> a group of vastly outnumbered Afghan soldiers at a remote American base must fend off a brutal offensive by Montana militants at the Battle <laughs> of Boise. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's a more yeah. Well, that's more accurate. Oh damn. I tried that's... to get like really alliteration right with it, you know, because like right. Montana and Idaho are kind of close together. So whatever. Man, um, but car. yeah, just just <laughs> fucking insane how normal our propaganda is about how you know it's totally normal for us to be in other people's countries and we're just defenseless and we're being attacked by the people who live there why don't they just let us have our outposts right and let us dictate how they run their country um yeah it is a shame that our carts do it in such uh such low rent like straight to Netflix fair because I, I thought he was actually a promising actor early in his you know I really like thank you for smoking he was good in dark knight but uh because he's lived yeah, long he's, enough to see himself become the villain. So oh, that's God. Why he's <laughs> I saw that coming just before you did it. All right. So my last headline uh, here about, about uh, China, how dare they enjoy 100 years of prosperity with their, their reigning party. Uh, Rep. Mike Gallagher, a Republican from Wisconsin, drafted House Resolution <clears throat> con- to condemn Chinese Communist Party ahead of their centennial. I just want to read a paragraph from it. The Chinese Communist Party, again, it's, it's the Communist Party of China, not the Chinese Communist Party, but they, they, want to, they, they don't want to say China, but they'll say Chinese. It's like right. they don't want to say Palestine, but they'll say Palestinian. Right. Same thing. Because <coughs> you don't want to recognize that country as an equal, on equal right. foot. The same shit they would say about, like, oh, we can't meet with Kim Jong-un because you can't recognize them as an equal country. It's like, they're a country. What are, you, what are you talking about? Like, what the right. fuck? Are you, but, yeah. So the Chinese Communist Party is preparing to celebrate the 100th anniversary of its founding. But a bipartisan group in the House is looking to rain on its parade with a resolution condemning it for 100 years of human rights abuses. Seriously. And wait till you hear what the human rights abuses were. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, The bipartisan proposal, quote, condemns the Chinese Communist Party for 100 years of gross violations of human rights, including repression, torture, mass imprisonment, and genocide. Weird. Yeah, you know, I I, I can't imagine if you go 100 or 150 or 180 years back in our past, if any of those things would be present. I assume not, because why would we be condemning another country for doing those things if we had done those things? That would just be hypocritical. Tulsa Tulsa Race Massacre, never heard of it. No, right, right. (laughs) Coincidentally, (laughs) Trail of Tears, slavery, you know, none of it, never, never heard of any of that. Tulsa Race Massacre happened the exact year the Communist Party of China was founded, by the way. (laughs) Uh, so, oh, yeah. Fuck. So, Just, it's hilarious how stupid these and, people so are. So the, the resolution also supports the inherent rights of the Chinese people to self-determination and free political expression, independent of one-party rule. Seems like now, they've determined that they, they're pretty comfortable with... Because if they were not comfortable with the Chinese... Com- the, the Communist Party of China... Fuck, I can't say that. Um... As as a as a ruling body, if the entire country wasn't comfortable with it, I feel like they probably wouldn't still. One point two billion people could probably right. raise a ruckus. Right, right? I, I feel like that's probably and the case. Th- there's protests in China all the time. Right. The, right, the idea that they don't have free political expression. I mean, yes, there is certainly censorship, unlike we have, but we have tons of other forms of censorship here. You know, I can't say the word bitch on Facebook without getting fucking banned, even right. if I'm calling a, a guy a bitch. Um, and the idea that one party rule, China has nine political parties. It's just that one of them has been more popular. Right. Right. So th- there's the Chinese Communist Party. <coughs> that, right. There's the China uh, Xi Gong Party. There's the Chinese Peasants and Workers Democratic Party. The China Democratic League. The uh, 
Jiusan Society, the China National Democratic Construction Association, the China Association for Promoting Democracy, the Taiwan Democratic Self-Government League, and the Revolutionary Committee of the Chinese Kuomintang. You know, all I, of I, which I, have I, been around between 75 and 99 years, all those parties. You know, I think their problem is that none of them have really catchy, like, one-name party <laughs> names. I think that's part of the issue is you, you fall asleep halfway through hearing the name of half of those parties. So I think that might be... Uh, it might be more of a branding issue than anything else that they're not catching on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, of course, hypocritical and preposterous, but that's, yeah. that's what we Oh, do. I forgot one here. There's, there's the uh, Wuhan uh, Dental Surgeons Association pogrom. <laughs> that's, no, that, that, I made that one up. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, damn, that's, that's, that one's really... Uh, they, just, they get more and more specific. Right, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, it, it's just hilarious, but but you know, and, and and look anywhere other than right in your own fucking backyard. That's you know, you're never gonna that that's the whole idea of U.S. media, U.S. politics is just get you to look elsewhere, uh, ignore the problems that are being caused by the people who are trying to get you to look elsewhere, and just keep you know keep keep churning out fucking product for them to sell. Like that's the whole point. But do you, of do you our think country. do you think Mike Gallagher, the congressman from Wisconsin, knows that China has nine political parties? No, I'm sure he doesn't. No, yeah. has no idea. Right, has no idea. It's just one of the you know knee jerk thing. Like, hey, I can get some, you know, put this on my social media. You know, as smart um, as smart as some people in Congress are, or as edu- I should even say smart as as you know educated formally as a lot of people in Congress are, I, I think it cannot be overstated enough the the level of of propagandization, I don't know if that's a word, that people from that age bracket still carry with them when it comes to communism, when it comes to China, when it comes to Russia, regardless of what they claim to support, you know, politically in terms of like, oh, they're progressive. But they, it, that shit is so deep ingrained in people of a certain age that when you talk to them, you're just like, you're like a crazy person. Like, just because we were never really subject subject to that as nearly as much, at least, you know, um, to the direct propagandization that they kind of, you know, well, the, the, during the, the Red Scare especially. Like that's, yeah. well, well, the funniest part is when you find out that, like, what specific things in socialist or communist countries are way better than America, right. and then they have to like, come up with reasons for why it's bad. Right. Like, listen to this headline. This, this just is mind-blowing. Uh, at 54... China's average retirement age is too low. Yeah, this is an article from uh, uh, Stuff Magazine. I don't even know what the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, that's the thing, I think. Yeah. Um, at about 54, <clears throat> the average age of retirement in China is among the lowest in the world. This is a problem. <laughs> Since standards were set, life expectancy has soared while the number of working adults those whose labor, in effect, supports retirees has begun to shrink. But persuading people that they should work longer is proving hard. Gee, I wonder so, why. <laughs> like, fucking... Like, yeah, so this is how you can have a, a you know, one-fifth of the planet uh, being able to retire early and actually, like, you know, enjoy their life. Why, enjoy why, society. Why would you want to... Why would you... Right, why would you want to retire more than, you know, five years before you're ready to die? Why, don't, why would you want to retire when you're actually physically able to enjoy life? Don't you want to work yourself until you're dead? Don't you want to work yourself until you're five years away from death Seriously, and then live in a retirement I mean, home? Like, what? Chinese people are just psychotic. brainwashed into believing that working until you die is bad. <laughs> I, feel, right. I feel 
I feel bad right. for those people who who believe that. I, it's it's fucking insanity. It's so it's so gross. But it's just the way that people in the U.S. have been propagandized, and that's the whole idea of like, oh, we got to raise the retirement age and Social Security age because now people are living longer. It's like, oh wow, they actually get to enjoy the last thirty years of their life. Like, God forbid that they fucking kill themselves working in these shitty jobs for shitty wages for thirty, you know, forty years of their adult lives. And then want to enjoy their life. Then no, they need to make. Now we got to make sure they work until they're seventy, so that they. I mean, every time I go into a store and I see a cashier who's like clearly like seventy five, eighty, I, I, it just like viscerally upsets me. I'm like, that person should not have to fucking be working right now. But these fucking soulless pieces of shit who write for these magazines and write these think pieces, who I'm sure make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to sit in their fucking house and type on their laptop, think that somehow these people in all of these horrible physically and mentally grueling jobs should work until they're near death and then, you know, spend the last years of their lives in physical agony, uh, you know, just waiting to fucking to croak. Like, that's what these people think that we should all do for their benefit so that they can go to fucking Target and, and get a, get a you know, get a cheaper right. bottle of fucking in, in, in laundry in the same the same economists that'll say that, you know, the... the <clears throat> The shrinking labor pool isn't paying enough into Social Security uh, for it to, to be sustainable are also the same ones that say that we should take money from Social Security and privatize it into the stock market. Right, right, of course. And never mind the fact so, that there's a cap on Social Security where if you make more, none, none of the money that you make above $250,000 gets put into Social Security because you're considered as somebody who's not going to withdraw Social Security, even though... Everyone with a fucking brain would understand that, obviously, if you're making that much money out of the economy, that you should be contributing no. the proportional just, amount right. into fucking Social Security. And, and, they'll t- and they'll tell people that Social Security is never going to be enough and that they need to you know, open up their own personal stock portfolio. Right. And, you know, here's a, here's a, uh, you know, a, a lending firm that can help you out with it. You know, like it's all just a fucking money train. That's right. all it is. Big and fucking Ponzi it's, scheme, it's pyramid scheme. Playing games with people's, you know, with elder Americans' lives and their futures uh, instead of investing in society. Right. Right. There's all the money in the world. We know that. We printed out a trillion dollars. We just typed the, the zeros into a computer and spat out the money and it disappeared overnight. We know how it works. Jeff Bezos so, can fund fucking Social Security for the next hundred years and keep it solvent on his own, like, it, like with the money he fucking accrued you know through through vicious fucking labor tactics like one person so don't yeah no, nobody fucking tell me there's one not guy. enough money like it's it's fucking preposterous and insulting we just, we just you don't even have to you don't even have to kill jeff bezos you can just take his money no, i'm fine just, just take his just money take and leave one, him penniless let him build himself back one. up he just allegedly did it once on his own with hard work let's see right. how let's see how hard he can work now let's let's fucking see yeah <sighs> oh god all right well on that note, uh, I got to run, but we will uh, be back next week. Uh, and Maybe. Well, you, well you, you, you'll, uh, you'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it. Yeah. If I, can, if I can figure it out. You were going to take a vacation from your um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a Yeah, I'm taking a week off next week because I, <laughs> as you can probably tell from the way I describe uh, working, I'm really fucking burnt out. So I'm taking next week off from work. I might go somewhere. 
We'll see. Uh, just taking. How'd some... you get a week off? Well, I mean, I have I have like two weeks vacation every year, but you know. Whoa, Mr. Moneybags! Carl here, Marx right? over here doesn't want uh, work a real right, job. Right. He gets paid vacation while he's right. pretending to be that's, a socialist. That, that, that's my that's my uh, my my reward for working for ten years for the same place, eleven years for the same place. Right. Is you I get, get a, to take you get a week off after a decade. I get to take like eight days of uh, yeah a year off. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so we'll, you know, we'll be back in some form at least next week. Um, but yeah, if you want to support the show, rate and view and subscribe on all the apps that you listen to us on. Um, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots, patreon.com slash move left. We have merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left pod. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Oh, and I'm on Twitter at FreeCliffHuxtable42069. <laughs> and we'll see you next week.